0: <laughs> um, we're an international. Um, our, our fans are mainly from Europe and and and, and Africa and Asia, and uh, we, we always like to start from the beginning just to get a picture as to where you guys are from. And I know where you guys are from, but just for those who who who, who might be who might know the name but not really know where you guys are from, um, where would you where would you, where, where are you guys born and raised?
1: Oh, Houston, Texas.
0: Houston, Texas. Okay yeah um and H-Town. um Ace Town. okay mm-hmm. now for, for for a lot of us um i think i remember when you guys came out around 92 93 um uh, um and and yeah. back then i think a lot of us who i, I went to college in, in alabama so you know i was very familiar with luke and two life crew um but okay. there's I, that was the connection that I we had from, from, from you guys in the early days. But it would be great just to find out how you guys started in music, just singing in general, and then we can just sort of work from there.
1: Um, basically, you know, it started in my house. So, you know, my uncles, uh, my uncle was in a, a band, uh, had a few uncles and come from a musical background. My uncles were musicians and uh, playing drums, bass, singers, guitar players, Um. So it just started for me, just you know, to watching my uncles and uh, my grandmother was a uh, a gospel singer. She sang, and uh, my dad had a few vocals. So it just kind of like just the influence came from my family, it just comes from that, uh, that musical background and my on my family. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. My family is like I'm, I think I'm the first the first done of as far as um uh senior-wise, professionally, you know, we had a lot of, our, a, lot, a lot of my family was more into sports. So I think I was like one of the first breed to really kick off the music side of the generation.
0: <laughs> yeah, but when you think about that, yeah. as I said, I, I went to college and even I'm, I'm born in England, but I went to college in, in, in Alabama. And, and so I know that sports was very big in, in, right. in, in the States, football, basketball, baseball and, and stuff. Exactly. When it came to singing, because even though you you both mentioned that your families were, had singing, um, especially Susan, where did you guys, was the one to sing as opposed to playing basketball, sports, you know, what what brought you to say, let me start singing as opposed to let me play basketball and stuff?
1: Well, you know, like I said, it, it started right there with our families. But you know, um it was groups like New Edition, okay, uh The Boys out there, yeah, yeah. You remember know, kind of the boys and um I'm gonna say New Edition was one of the first go- go- groups that that we really looked and admired and was like, oh we could do that. And then you know, um and the boys was more like a group to well, and I thought it was I was it was over, like couldn't nobody make it as a kid. And yeah. then one day I seen the boys. And I told my brother, Dino, Dino, we can make it. They got some guys out around our age and they blew up. (laughs) And that one made me start back singing when I seen the boys and then high five, it came out. I was like, oh, okay, hold on. We can make it as teenagers. You know, we were very young when we made it. We was teenagers, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I know Shazami and Dino are are twin brothers, but then how did you you know um, G.I.?
2: Well, we all grew up in the same project called the Fourth Missionary Project uh, in Houston. So we, we've we lived in the same neighborhood, same projects for over, since, since, since we were like maybe eight years old. Yeah, eight, nine, yep. Eight, nine. So we've been knowing, knowing each other by, you know, playing street football and stuff like that. But we both was into music. It's just that I was into the music with my little crew and they had their own little crew. So we ended up going yeah. to a talent show. We ended up going to a talent show and that's how we got merged together as one group. Okay, but we
0: then, didn't go to audition to like audition,
2: audition, you know, I yeah, yeah. Okay, was looking for a group.
0: Yeah. Oh, somebody was looking for a group, and and you came with two different groups, and yeah, he decided to put you guys together.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Okay, but then you only knew GI when you guys came. Did you? Was it easy to make that? Or was it just yourself well, and Dino? Or?
1: Well, the thing about it, me and Dino, we actually went there as a group, as a, as a, we went there and we had another guy in our group, but the guy had got, like, went to jail over selling drugs in the in And G.I. kind of was there just, you know, there was a, G.I. was doing a lot of rapping at the time. He came uh, to audition. The guy was like, well, I'm not looking for a duo and I'm not looking for a rapper. So, you know, he was like, well, in order for us just to really work, you know, y'all, we need to, y'all need to find a third member. So we, our third member was more like, you know, we had went to jail. So we were like, well, what about G.I.? You know, a TL, TLC had blew up then. And oh, T yeah, left, yeah. I was a rapper. So we was like, well, maybe G.I. Yeah, yeah. could be more like the rapper of the group. But then G.I. was like, nah, I could too. So then we, we harmonized And go, oh, okay, the harmony is good. So then we, that's how we kind of formed. Because the guy All was right. more like, I'm not looking for a duet. And I'm not looking for a rapper. I'm looking for a group. And uh, and at the time, the boys and High Five was like the hottest male young teenager groups. The time, so duets was not in, and then yeah. a rapper was not in at yeah, that yeah. time. So that's how we kind of joined it together like that.
0: Okay, and and so I didn't. I actually, I didn't realize that it it was somebody that was trying to put you guys together. Was 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 he serving as a manager as well, or label, or what was the the deal?
2: Label record label. Yeah, la-
1: yeah, more of a label. Okay. Yeah, okay.
0: okay. And, and yeah. at, at, that, at that point in time, so, G.I., were you as infused about having a career in music as Dino and Shazam were? I mean, they were looking at the boy, New Edition and, boys to, and the boys and thinking, we can do it. But we, did you think that, OK, I can have a career in music as well?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, knew, I knew that was, that's what I wanted, to be in, in music. I mean, with, but in what, gener- what general, I, it didn't matter to me, as long as it was music, you know, rap. DJing, singing, writing. You know, I, I came in as a rapper and and singing and writing. So, you know, I was a, I, I, I did everything. So what I made it at was singing.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Now, I think. And, it's, then, it's, we, and, and then we also met a lot of old heads, you know, Teddy Pettigrass, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, Michael yes. Jackson Prince. So we know we, those are some of our. Metros that we looked at you know what I'm saying the boys the boys is more of like a group that we were like oh kids can still make it. we thought and we ain't got to the point i don't think kids can make it yeah Sister jackson five
0: yeah yeah you know yeah. what i'm
1: saying or since jackson five a new addition.
0: Yeah. so then
1: when they came along it gave us hope that a kid or a teenager still can make it in this industry
0: okay yeah 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 it's, it's, yeah i spoke to um to marcus from um from High Five a couple of weeks ago and he, he was talking about their journey as kids how talented Tony was and, and, and stuff but for for yeah. you guys coming from Texas I mean we had um, it was a rapper lot um, um, I can't remember the name of the group now Scarface and um, Ghetto Boys Ghetto Boys yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> so but our, from R&B though apart from High Five was there any other R&B group coming out of Texas that's
1: at oh, the, you know, that,
2: time, no. yeah, that was at, it, yeah. Not at that time, no. We, was, we, was, we were the first and group to come out of Houston. Out of Houston,
1: Uh-oh. Texas. And, and then yeah. High Five is, is the first group to come out of Waco, Texas. Yeah. Think, then there was another and it was another group back then. They didn't get as successful as that, but it was a group called Neutrons. And uh, we used to look at them yeah. and say, oh, those guys, kids can't, man. So it's like we seen those guys, all those groups make it as being yeah. teenagers. It inspired us. I don't know if you ever heard of the Neutrons, but it's a group called the Neutrons, and they had a, a a mini hit out there. We looked at them, but the boys it was one of the main ones that influenced us. Oh, because they were real young. They looked yeah, young, yeah. You know what <laughs> I'm yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They, they they were they were <laughs> yeah. But then this this the influence because the boys were very much. They had LA and Babyface doing a lot of their music and that type of um you know Bobby Brown, Karen White, that type of that that type of beat. The music that you guys... How did you guys then decide the sound that you guys were going to adapt? Was it the label guy that was managing that or did you guys have a sense of the direction you wanted?
1: Well, we always studied that a lot of groups that was teen groups that they had a... They... um they this hard to transition from a teen group mm. to become an adult. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, the boys was kind of experiencing that. We watched them go through that. So, you know, we actually didn't really, 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 really get a record deal until we was like 16, 17. Yeah. So we was like, well, we almost about, eight. we were about to be 18, so I don't think we should come out singing Kitty, because that's just, you know, even though we wasn't, even though we was 16, 17, but we was like, we we seen the transition how the boys was kind of coming down. They was they was thirteen years old and yeah. people were saying, "Oh, they old now." <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, they oh they trying to sing adult music and it was just like you know you still doing this key stuff. So we decided, look man, let's just come out the gate singing like adults. And so that's why all our titles came out, you know, knocking the booze, lick you up and down, um, and then and then and then we hooked up with Luke. That's what Luke made Luke sign us. look like they some baby loops. So it's like yeah. we kind of looked at the other groups. Um, went through that, even high five went through that, that teen thing. Like yeah. while those groups was going, going, coming down, we was coming starting to come up. But we yeah. looked at still okay. They 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 is they having a hard time uh switching from teens to adults. Like, look, man, instead of just saying we teenage, let just come out like out the gate as grown yeah. men you know so by the time we got there knocking the boots was out we was all about we was all about 18 years old yeah so we really th- considered l- legal at the time
0: yeah oh, and, and as i said when i think of h town i never i didn't see kids you know i because yeah you didn't see kids you just especially the, the well, songs you- that you're coming up with mm. now when i was doing some research it says that you guys came up with a, an album before you met Luke you, you recorded an album and, and locally um, yeah how, how uh, what was that process like I mean did you guys get involved in the writing how was the sound or pretty much was somebody doing it and you guys were just singing
2: most, um, most, most, mostly of the writing and the singing, singing part I mean the, uh, the the producer was the guy that uh, we met at the um, showcase one of looking for looking for a group he was doing a lot of producing. Um, but I was sound changed I was sound changing when we met our other producer was a friend of theirs named Stick. And that's how we came up with the grown sexy sound that you've been hearing as okay. H-Town. Yeah. It, it, it also-
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, No, no, no I was going to say, it also mentioned, you know, this is the message out there that G.I. was the lead singer before somebody else changed it to Dino. Was that the case when you guys started? No, they the had movie?
1: me, they had, I was, was the lead I. singer. It was okay. me the lead singer. Yeah, yeah. And then they changed it to uh, Dino because you know, I had to kind of like the Michael Jackson Ralph Trezor voice, and that kind of oh, was yeah. in at the time, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I'm
1: saying? Uh, so, um, they was going to make, make me the least because the sound was Ralph in, 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 uh, in, in the Jackson Five Boy at the time, but yeah, then as we got a little 20, older, 20, yeah, 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 when we got a little older, um, and even with the boys, they had the little chipmunk voices, yeah, I had yeah, one of those yeah. the chipmunk voices. But when um uh, but when Aaron Hall got and Johnny yeah. Gill New Edition came back with Johnny Gill, it changed the tone the the sound to a more of a heavier raspberry tone. And by that time we got there, Dino had more of that tone, you know what I'm saying? Okay. We both kind of had it, but it was like we don't both need to sound like, right, but he was better in it. So okay. I kind of I kind of played the role as the with the sweet sound and then uh Dino kind of took the role as with the heavier tone, and then Gi came in with with both the harmonies and the you know sweet sound. Okay. So we just combined it all yeah. together. Okay. Then, you know, and then and then we I took the high notes and started hitting high notes on records like the Temptations and all them boys back. Yeah. in the day. You know
0: what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was was and I, and I don't know. I mean, because you know you, your brothers, and then you, you've known each other since you were eight. When when they switched the lead roles, was it hard? You know, because I said industry isn't it's you know that fame and and that who's in the front was it hard to accept that dino well, was
1: it, it didn't bother us because we we had the mentality when you hungry like that we want to we want to do what's best so okay. you know i had the mentality yeah. to well you know let's do what's best that you know at the time the the sound the, the sound had changed and he had the more of, the, of what the sound of today when it changed to the more mm-hmm. the Aaron Hall type voices and the, the uh, Johnny hey, Gill type voices, yeah, yeah. R. Kelly type voices. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I just, I, I introduced other parts of my voice, like the high, high my false etto and hitting mm-hmm. high soprano notes in my false edo and stuff like that. And G, I kind of had more with the smooth harmony voice, put the yeah. icing on the harmonies and the backs and sing and, and, and any and, and, and sing some type of leads too on some of the songs, so okay. we just kind of like now nah, er, it's like everybody was in their lane. We were really and then we had our own dance style. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah, we were yeah. just like, you know, we was like, hey man, whatever gonna get this deal okay. and us to make it. That's how we was. <laughs> okay, so we all supported each other on that. Okay,
0: you know the thing that I, I, I was I normally wait to the end, but I'll start off early because, um. Everyone I talk to from, you know, cut, close, one, it doesn't matter who it is, I always say, as, you know, you guys got, you're chasing the deal, but did you understand the deal and the industry and the business and know what you're signing yourselves up to in those very early days?
2: See, I think we kind of, we kind of knew what it was, but, you know, not, not um, 100%. But we, we had, we had good people that got us and um, read the contents for us. So we kind of, Really, just accepting a few things just to get in the door, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. I mean, we we're, we're the standard contract like anybody else. You know? You're not gonna if they gonna if they would have told you no. Know, Luke gave us twenty five thousand dollars up front. If Luke would have told us he's gonna give us zero dollars upfront, we probably <laughs> took it at that time. You know, we 16, 17 years old. We're just like trying to make it. So, but by the time we got to the second album. We were smarter and we renegotiated our contract and then every deal after that, we made sure we did good deals. But we signed the standard contract okay. like everybody else, man. And everybody yeah. that get caught in those deals, whether you knew the business or not, if you got a loop to camera with one of the biggest independent record ladies in the labor, you're gonna say no to it. So yeah. We just did whatever we had to do to get in the game. Okay. So we pretty much knew we probably wasn't gonna get a the best deal they kind of say, quote-unquote, it was the standard
0: deal we got. Deal. But once we
1: got success and, we, and our contract yeah. was up, we renegotiated and said, now we got to do this. You know what I'm saying?
0: Okay. And, and you're, you're probably one of the first groups that I've spoken to who have said we knew that the, gr- the deal wasn't great, but we yeah. knew about renegotiating re- when when we had the opportunity. And most groups were just going with the flow until they realized where's all our money and stuff. Um, yeah, but at least you had an idea of what you're doing,
1: and then and then we also felt like you know they taking a chance on us too. They putting yeah. up all the money. What yeah. do we have to lose if it go bad? You know they'll be the one to lose. So we also knew like man, let's just get the deal done, and once we get success. Because we don't know, we didn't know if we was gonna sell a million records. We didn't know if we was gonna sell one record. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's true. It's true. And, and so, in the nineties, there was a lot of competition, so it's not easy yeah. to 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 do it. Yeah. What is it that Luke saw in you guys in that early days to take it? As I said, Luke was, you know, we we knew him with his two live crew. We knew him, um, you know, you know, he took on the, the government and took on everyone regarded with his, you know, censorship and everything. I mean, he was a pioneer um, back in those early days and, and having his own label, it was not an easy thing. I mean, as much as people might talk about business dealing and stuff, I mean, he was a, a trendsetter in in, in those early, late 80s, early 90s. What did he see in you guys that he says, you know, I'm coming from Miami and I'm, I'm seeing these guys out in Houston? He,
1: he, he, lo- he loved that sound and he yeah. couldn't believe... That we were singing songs like Knockin' the Boots and Lick You Up. See, we wrote all our songs. So we had those songs uh, before we even got signed to Loop. Okay, so, so he okay. said they 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 like Baby Loops. They like Baby Loops. Uh, no, no group was singing R and B like the way we were singing. You know, yeah, our first yeah, two yeah. singles was called Knockin' the Boots and Lick You Up. So he was like, "Whoa, they they some Baby yeah. Loops." So he kind of tracked them. And then we had songs like Sex Ball? We wrote we wrote and co produced all our music. You know what I'm saying? All our songs. Uh, you know, he wrote, you know what I'm saying? So that's mm-hmm. kind of what attracted him to us that we had an edge, you know what I'm saying? We had an edge at, as teenagers. So he was like, whoa, okay. So that's wow. why we kind of, the stuff that we were singing, that's why Luke kind of waited till we turned 18 for it to come out because <laughs> we was like, we came out in 92 with him, but we were still underage a little bit, ah. like 16, 17. So he like, by the time we got 18, then bam, we was able to drop the knock on a boost to lick you up all that stuff out there. So we was basically yeah. still teenagers, but wow. we was more like, okay, that's why we never presented ourselves as, as as teenagers because yeah, we yeah, were yeah. teenagers, but we were basically legal teenagers at that time,
0: yeah. eighteen years old,
2: grown and sexy,
1: yeah, yeah, young
0: and sexy. We were yeah, young because, and sexy because I, I, at that time, if I'm if I'm thinking about it, the way the music was, there was very few groups that were. Um, You know, because R. Kelly later on with his 12th play started to go down that that route later on. Um, Yeah, You think of Jodeci in their third album. Well,
1: well, Knocking the Boots, when he dropped Knocking the Boots, it changed the whole industry. It put groups like Troop out of business because they were singing... uh, spread my wings, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. fly away. Jodice was singing, baby won't you just stay forever my land. Nobody was using the titles he was using. So when yeah. knocking the boost came out, it changed the game so much it made yeah. R. Kelly come on a slang. That's when yeah. you get bump and grind. Knock the yeah, yeah. boost is a slang. And bump and grind yeah, is yeah. like R. Kelly said to himself, whoa I gotta, I gotta I gotta start coming with slang. That's why he started coming with the 12 plays and the, the bump and grind. So knock on the boost when it dropped it kind of changed the 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 sound and what people was talking about.
0: Yeah.
1: At that time.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. The um. Yeah, and, and, and you know, people. It is true because, as I said, I've I've spoken to John John from from Troop and 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 even New Edition. The kind of innocent sounds sort of changed. Um, after that, after your records came out, as I said, a lot of the way we were listening to music. Then R. Kelly, as I said, took a lot of that to, as well. But what made you guys choose that direction? I mean, because I know you, you didn't want to be singing teenage songs, but to go all that, all, all go all the way to that type of, you know, knocking the boots and nicky, all, stuff like that, that's, you know, doing a Luke Campbell in R&B. I mean, what made you guys think that's the, the lane we want to take?
1: Well, well, mainly because there was nobody else doing it. You know, you had High Five was more of a clean cut. Their biggest song was called Kissing Game. Yeah,
2: yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They
1: Kissing Game, game. You know, it was more like Teen The Boys, you know, My Lucky Charm, Dial yeah. My Heart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, even New Edition records was more like, you know what I'm saying? And Jodeci was, you know, at the time, they two biggest records was Baby Won't You Just Stay and Forever and come My and Lady. Talk to me. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. come and talk There was nothing. So we was like, you know, this is a lane that's open. Somebody just come straight to it, you know, but do it tastefully and subliminally. Like, you know, knocking the boots, you know, what is knocking the boots? You know, <laughs> you know, it, you know, so so the, it, that's why we tried to come up with a slang and want to build group, you know, like our second albums, all slow jams, you know, baby making music. So, you know, and you had Keith Sweat before us, he, he, he was a beggar. He begged a lot, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we kind of studied the audience around us okay. and say no, this line is open for us just to go, let's just go in, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Knocking the Boots, number one album song on the R&B charts, number three on Billboard 100. I mean, that's, you know, to get on the Billboard 100, you know, top 40 is big. But to yeah. get to the top three, you know, with with you know, the, and we had so much happening. How, were you surprised by that success with your first single blowing up like that?
2: We were suspe- most definitely were not sus- expecting it. You know, what I'm saying we weren't expecting it to be to blow up that fast. It, it, that, that song blew up like within like maybe what two weeks.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: So we were not expecting it to blow up that fast. So It basically just took off on its own. You know, yeah, it, we wasn't expecting it. You know, it's like,
1: it, it blew up so fast, we didn't believe he was celebrity as a star. He'll <laughs> just be like, we'll walk in the mall with no security and all of a sudden get trampled or stuck in the mall because everybody chasing us. and we, it, it just blew up so fast that we didn't believe ourselves that we were celebrities. What really made, the really what actually made us believe that we was really celebrities and we had made it is when we did our first show in London. And I was like, wow, people know my name over here. Hey, child, Shazam, Dino. Like, whoa, they know us in London. Like, like, what? So that's what made me. And then I got at that time, I remember we could even walk down the street in London. I thought, like, yeah, whatever. I, I think I remember going to Kentucky in London somewhere <laughs> and got and got mm-hmm. chased out at the dance around, you know what I'm saying? Because I was like, whoa, okay, now. It's one thing to be saying, you big in the United States of America, but now if you big in England, you big in other countries, hold on, yeah. we don't really made it. Yeah. So that's really that's when it really dawned on us.
0: Wow. <laughs> Did you guys have to move then from your neighborhood when when, when the album single blew up like that?
1: Oh, definitely, it blew up so fast. Definitely. We was actually still living in the projects. Our mothers were still in the mid fourth
0: missionary of the projects. Yeah. So who houses you then? What do you do? Do you move to Miami with Luke, or what do you guys do?
1: Man, we had to hurry up and buy houses before we got off a tour because we would have had nowhere to go. So we told Luke at the time, you know, man, you know, once this tour, we're going to go back to the mission. We have nowhere to go. and Our parents are still out there. So Luke had a mortgage company at the time and uh, he bought the houses. And um, when we, we got off the road, we was able to come uh, to these houses because at first we didn't have a permanent resident. We was only, we was, we were living in the projects. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's how fast it happened.
0: Wow. I mean, as I said, how what can you say about, about Luke? I mean, he, he, he took a chance on you guys when you were young, but yeah. how he handled you guys and, and, and helped with the early t- to career. What, how, what would you say about Luke Campbell?
2: He's great. He's a great. I feel like he's a great businessman. You know, he had he had a great team behind us, a great promotional team, street team, radio team. You know, what I'm saying the whole night. He really put um. He really he really he really went hundred percent. Got behind us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, most, yeah. Of, most of them, he made a lot of money too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. But you know, we all yeah. we was all as we got older, become men. Now you know, we always we, we always. Luke always we have a special place in H Child Hall because either the one gave us our start. Yeah, and we are, mm-hmm. uh, and we feel like you know, um, we feel like that the 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 career that.
0: Hold uh, on. Oh back. yeah, back here.
1: We we man, my phone wrong. We feel <laughs> like that the uh uh the success that Luke helped us get, we're yeah. able to live off that success to this day. When we're still touring and performing yeah. all over the world off off those songs. Yeah. So. Um, we we're very grateful for Luke for taking a chance on us.
0: Did did, did you guys yeah. learn the business as well, though, from him? I mean, would you guys, because a lot of groups sometimes are so focused on the fame and celebrity that they don't take the opportunity to learn business stuff from, you know, in those early mm-hmm. days where you able we to learn. The,
2: yeah, we was always at the office at, at Luke Records and uh, run his whole staff and watching how they worked and how they are. Yeah. Uh, presented us and presented us to um, different radio stations, you know, doing a lot of radio interviews, a lot of um, streets, a lot of um, store, in-house, steel you know, store autograph sessions and stuff like that. Yeah. We learned a whole lot, but, you know what I'm saying, as for far as the contracts and stuff like that, we had, we had a great attorney that taught us a whole lot about contracts. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we really we really go on the business side now.
0: Okay. Yeah. So that, that, that's really good. What about the name, though? Because... Um... You guys weren't always Hates Town. Was it the Gents?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it used to be the Gents. Yeah.
0: Okay. That was the first name. Okay, and, and, but whose whose idea was it to go Hates Town?
1: Well, uh, Luke did definitely. not like. Yeah, Luke did not like the name Gents, so he's like, "Man, won't y'all just rep y'all city, H Town?" I was <laughs> like, "Yeah, we like it because we always want to do to put our, our our city on the map." So he's like, "Won't you just rep your city, H Town?" You know, and that was, we did.
0: Wow, and the image,
1: and then, and and that yeah. that, that we the reason why they called the city H town. They wouldn't even really call it the city H town until we came out.
0: Yeah, so yeah. even back then, because I'm I'm am so even so that's so that's it. Like Houston is known as H town right now because as for you guys, because of yeah. us,
1: because of us. Yes, oh,
0: definitely. Have they given you guys the key to the city of Houston?
1: What well, a mayor recently. Uh, I think two thousand. He gave us a day in in Houston. Oh, yes,
0: he gave us a day. But since then, <laughs> yeah. though, I mean, because come on, as I said, we didn't know. I mean, apart from the, you know, the um, it used to be the Houston Oilers or so with Warren Moon, but there it was, it was, you know, most people aren't really talking of, of um, Houston as as uh, with the Rockets. But as I said, you guys yeah. really did put put the city on a map because of how yeah. big the whole thing was. So it's a good thing. That that's definitely. Been- yeah, now <clears throat> the image too because I, I always remember you guys with dungarees, you know, shirts off and everything. Yeah, <laughs> Who, whose idea was the styling and the imaging and the stuff?
1: That was all of us. That was all us. You yeah, know, we all kind of put our minds together and came up with that the, those styles. We want to be like, want to be like, sexy hard, hard cold, sexy at the same time. I want with a, with a with swag and a rough edge and a soft, smooth edge too. So we kind of just combine all our personalities together yeah, and our yeah. dressing and the way we do things. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. The, um, the, the first album comes out and then a year and a half later, you, you're back with a second album. And that's um, quite rare because most people go on tour and try and milk it. Whose idea was it? Look, let's get you guys back in the studio and capitalize on the success of the first album as soon as possible.
1: Uh, more than likely, Luke, more than likely, Luke was like, you know, um, I think that's when Luke was uh, going through a transition of uh, switching distributors and uh, they didn't want anything. But the eight, they really, the distributor was, was not willing to sign his label unless they can get an H-Town album. So, you know, he was trying to, you know, get the get the, uh, two live crew theme, but they were like, no, we're going to do this deal with you. We want the H-Town album. So it's kind of like, it's some of us that have to go back in the studio to get that, uh, to get him to get that deal, because yeah. that's what they really wanted. They signed his label to basically, because they think, oh, we get Loot records. We got H-Town.
0: Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, because you guys, I mean, you won Soul Train, I, I believe, for the best new group. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, how, how was, I mean, being on that, I mean, Soul Train awards are not the same as it is now. I mean, it's almost pretty much they pick, hand pick who they want to give it to. But back in those days, I mean, you had some serious competition to go up against. What was it like, you know, winning, winning that? Because it's easy, you know, you look at Soul Train because there's so many, there were mm-hmm. so many R&B groups in the '90s that to win best R&B group or best single, it's like you have to be the best of the best because it was so much competition from '90s stuff. What was it? I mean, how how proud was it to win to win that?
2: Well, to me, Soul Train was like oh, Grammys, you know, yeah. so that was the Grammy, that was the Grammy to Soul Train. So winning that was like basis of honor, you know. We, we wasn't expecting to win, but it was very well well accepted, well, well received, and we were surprised. We was, we was excited, you know. what I'm yeah. saying that was like one of the best years of our uh, career.
0: Yeah, and then so, no, soon after you you guys featured on. You know, we, we talk a lot about soundtracks, how big soundtracks were in the 90s. And, and one of the first ones was the, I think, Above the Rim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Above yeah. Part Time Lover, which was a big track. Um, you know, you guys came out with Part Time Lover. Was that your first time meeting Devante from Jodice and working with him? Go uh, ahead,
1: No, 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 no. We are. Uh... No. Because we actually, we actually signed for Devontae before we even made it. <laughs> oh, you kidding me. Devontae actually had a chance to sign us, but he ended up yeah. not signing us. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, he actually had a chance to sign us, but he ended up not signing us. Uh, so we had met him, actually first meeting him at the Jack the Rapper downtown, trying to sing for him.
0: Wow. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. And and so when when the how did how did the whole the opportunity because I, I was just telling G.I. about how the 90s you know we had soundtracks which were iconic soundtracks and above the rim was a big one because SWV had anything and the film was big then you guys had part time lover on it um, with Devante how did that opportunity come out to to team up with Devante for for that track because that, that that was also an, a top 10 R B hit as well well
1: well we were wanted we were Devante his favorite group you know what I'm saying you know we, you know that's why we you know we even asked to work with Devontae on a, um in the 2000s uh uh on a song called on the Heels yeah I said I would pretty uh, Ricky. yeah yeah so <laughs> the, yeah so Devontae Bailey is like well he we like we like his favorite group so he's like um uh that's how it came about like hey I'm, he wrote that song tailor-made for H-Town you know what I'm saying wow. Ashley Jodeci said, "Man, I wish we could have done it." You know, but gave, he gave it to, he, wrote, he got that for us, most definitely.
0: Yeah, I don't know if Jodeci would have. I mean, I mean, Casey can sing anything, but I, I don't think it it fit their the style. Yeah, he tailor
1: made it for us. You know what yeah,
0: I'm yeah. Now, the um, I interviewed um, yeah, the Dalvin just a couple of weeks ago, and he and and he, you know he talked about you know how the 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 groups and and the relationships with with different groups. But I was wondering about your second album, you know, Begging After Dark. It it wasn't as you know, it was successful, but didn't what well, didn't have the big hits, um, as you know, emotions was big, but not as big as um knocking the boots. Was there pressure with the second album recording it and promoting it?
2: Well, I mean, for the issue was the issues were in house, you know what I'm saying? Like um the things that he had in place was with knocking the boots and and uh, lick you up from the first album. Those people were not in position anymore. So his team was like the team that he had on the second album was totally. It was a totally different team than we had on the first album. So it wasn't a family. It wasn't family to us. They didn't really know how, how to push, to push, it. push chase Town, Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of from different artists when when yeah. when the street teams and when everything changes. The radios no know how to make the calls to the radios. Exactly. Okay. But uh, uh, f- was, was that tough for you guys to see it not being a success with the first album? I
2: mean, it still uh, was Platinum, though. It's still yeah, it still, so. yeah,
1: it's still yeah. sold a lot. It just that... Uh, yeah. it took a while. Um, and then, you know, Luke Label was going through some transitions at that time, too, you know what I'm saying? So
2: yeah.
1: with the distributor he was working with, so it was like the Label was going through some problems at that time. We kind of got it caught in that, you know what I'm saying? So... um. But it still actually sold a lot it like, went over like eight hundred thousand, like, over, over. I'm basically I'm almost platinum, basically platinum. But yeah. it was just that we didn't get a chance to get as many songs off of it as it, as it did. Emotions was one. I think the biggest song we dropped off there and was a pretty big hit for H Town, and it kind of yeah. kept us out there. Then we had other other soundtracks and stuff along yeah. with that to keep our name alive. Like Thin Line Between Love and Hate was a big record for us. On the soundtrack.
0: Yeah. So, you know. yeah. so I, yeah, I wanted to talk about about that. Now, I was, I'm, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big, massive Teddy Riley fan. But all of us who follow Teddy will always know Roger as the sort of the Godfather with that, with with the talk box and stuff. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: as I said, back in the, in the '90s, we had so many black films. I mean, you you start wondering mm-hmm. what, what's going on. So anything that came out, so Martin Lawrence writes and directs the line between love and hate we all watched it um, and it, it was a real nice solid album that Roger put together but man the song that you guys did with him and Shirley, Shirley Murdoch um, it's, it is is a, a, a classic that's still to today. day if you played it still feels yeah. current and stuff yeah. it, it, I mean I, I wanted to get to what, what, what it was like Working with, with with Roger because, you know, as I said, he 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 went too soon. Um, but what I mean, what was it like, you know, teaming up? Did you guys know about Roger and Zapp and when 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 you when you had the chance to to work with him?
2: Well, it, it was it was it was our idea to bring Roger in. Okay. On the track, you know what I'm saying. So basically, Martin hit us up and was like, "We want y'all to do this just the a theme song for this movie."
0: Oh, Martin so, directly called, yeah, got, got in touch with you guys.
2: It's people.
0: Okay. Yeah, but yes, people.
2: It's people okay. But we, we 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 but we we met Lamont a long time. We went on we went on, we went on the set Martin's set. You know, when we met him. So we basically all still kept in touch. So he came after us. He they hit us up and saying we say don't know what we do this track. is y'all let y'all let Roger produce it. So we brought in yeah. Roger. We brought in Roger. Roger
0: brought in Shirley Murdoch. So you know that's it. it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you see, yeah, you you, know, you were yeah. saying that um. Oh, well, as we wait for CM, you said it. You guys said you'd do the track if you could. If Roger can be on it,
2: yes. If he if can produce the track, you know what I'm saying. We, we, we wanted Roger to uh, produce it. Well, because it was, was somewhat of a of classic that we was kind of like, should we touch this? So we should we touch this or not? You know what I'm saying? Because we did not know the words to the song. So as we recorded the song, we we learned the word line for line. Listen to one line and go and record that line, and go back vice versa. Listen to another line and go and record that line. So we never knew the song. Oh, so okay. we, learned, we was learning the song as we were recording the song.
0: You were learning the song as you're recording it.
2: Yeah, 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 you
0: hadn't heard it before.
2: Uh, vaguely listening through our parents, but you know, we, we really wasn't in tune to it that much. You know, to to know it word by word, word word for word. You know.
0: Did you know when you finished recording it with the production stuff that it was it was going to be a, a, another hit, another sort of timeless hit?
2: Timeless? Uh, not really, but, you know, we know when he when he's surprised about putting the shirt and running, we know it's okay, this, this is about to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was my favorite song on, 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 on the album. And actually, because it was the title for the film, it did help the film really, you know, people watch the film because you're singing the well, title of yeah. that.
2: Yeah. And yeah. Initially, initially, it was just supposed to be just a theme song, but once we heard the song and and um, that we had the Monarch on there as well, Roger Trotman, he said, man, we got to do a video on this one.
0: Oh, it wasn't going to get had, a video release and everything. It wasn't going
2: to get a video at first. It was just going to be the theme song.
0: Wow. As I said, it's, it's, it's still, as I said, <laughs> still one of my favorite favorite tracks right now. Um, now, I, I guess when you think about the, the hits and the songs you guys have come out with, what would you say? I mean, I, I, and, and I don't know if you both have the same answer, but I can start with you to them. What would be your favorite track, H-Town track that you guys have released?
1: Oh, uh, well, one of my favorites is Emotions. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be like uh, One Night Gigolo. Most definitely
0: One Night, one night Gigolo. Okay,
2: uh, I mean, of course, Rain, of course, of course, Rain, that's another favorite too.
0: Okay, yeah, both. I mean, most people would have thought your most popular ones, but why? Okay, I can start with you. Why would emotions be your your favorite?
1: Oh, because man, it's like a song that I think you're really connected. With the public, like, you know, it, it, it brings, it, sometimes when I sing that song or we sing it, it actually connected to the audience, like, you know, uh, just the way it was just put together. It's, it's arranged with really it well, it's produced with really it well, it's wrote really well. Yeah. Uh, it just, it just showed the song that kind of showed another side of H Child outside of everything being sex.
0: Yeah. So I'm saying,
1: so it showed another side of H Child and it showed our growth. So it, that's why it became one of my favorite songs.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah. I think, every, I think every album, or every album that we did thus far, we we've, we've grown on each album. Each album we brought, we brought we brought something different to the table. You know what I'm saying? Something you know, like with Ladies Dish, we brought um the uh, sponsor abuse awareness, you know, with women and stuff like that. So we we always want to try to switch it up every now and then. We get on you know, the sexy side, we get a we get a, um the sensitive side, and you know, and then you know, of course, we've always been about the women. We have always been about the women. From day one, so why not? just that subject
0: yeah, but with with ladies' edition i I wanted to ask about that because it, it, it's it's a it's a change from yeah i mean it's not as if you've been talking It's you, you know you you weren't doing any you know um gin and juice and and stuff so you
2: weren't
0: <laughs> you weren't talking about treating women badly, but you were just talking more about you know sex and and things but ladies edition it, there was a more of a social awareness which um for an R&B male group, it was, it's quite rare just to go from, from knocking boots, singing about just having fun to, to, to focus on, yeah. on that. How did you guys, it was a collective decision and whose idea was it? And like, let's focus on, on, on things and that.
1: Well, you know, we was at the time, you know, we had just got a little bit older. And, you know, we some guys, we like to grow. We got, you know, our first two albums was mainly just a lot of sex. So, you know, we just decided maybe we want to try to show a more of a, a different approach. And the cold some had just died of spousal abuse and stuff like that. And uh, so he was just like, we want to do something different, you know, bring some have We don't want to be known. All our songs is about sex. All our albums is about sex. So we yeah. wanted to do something different because we was getting older and we we had experienced experience life a little bit more. So we want to experience, you know, more different type types of music, you know what I'm saying? So that's why we decided to come with an album. Hey, nobody never stand up for the ladies. Let's be the ones that stand up for the ladies. So that's why we did it, you know? It still went back to the ladies while we did it. That's what we call the ladies edition.
0: Yeah. They like it slow, I mean, you know, yeah. and, and stuff. <laughs> but, you know, but uh, but what... Because you, you, you sort of went away from, you know, because you came out, you know, you, you, we started off by talking about how The Boys, New Edition, High Five as teenagers yeah. and, and, and and having it, the transition to, to adults being challenging. You guys came out with the sort of baby Luke's, that type of raunchy type of stuff. Uh, and people like R. Kelly were still doing that stuff. So it wasn't, you know, Jodeci, the show and After Party became more raunchier. their first album so it looked as if um a lot more of that type of stuff that you guys started off with was still in the market and still making it big even even with intro how do you think the tone in the music you did in 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 the ladies edition affected you know the sales and and how people responded to it
2: well that album went it went platinum as well that out, laser edition went platinum as well, but at the same time, it it gave um, I mean, like I in the beginning we had like a lot of um, couples coming to our shows. Um, after after we dropped laser edition, I think about 95 percent were women coming to come to our shows versus couples, so it really kind of changed changed it up for us.
0: Okay, and especially yeah. especially now where. As, as, as artists touring having a, a loyal fan base um, yeah, that's yeah. the one thing that I guess some groups forget when they're releasing stuff not realising 20 years down the road, are we going to have the same fan base continuing to support us based on the type of music we were putting out mm-hmm. um, but as I said, mm-hmm. very brave to do that, you know you, you know, you put stuff about domestic abuse and, and stuff on the album, it's, as I said, it's those type of social conscious records and stuff were mainly done by, you know, most like, you know, white rock and pop art artists were doing stuff like that. It wasn't <laughs> stuff within R&B. I mean, did you know any other R&B group that, that, that had stuff like that going on?
1: Uh, no, not at the time. Not at the time. So that's why we, again, we always big on trying to do something new or what the industry not doing. No, we the reason why Beyonce and them I think start changing. They both independent women's. I'm a survival. Yeah, That yeah, all yeah. came from the Ladies Edition. We all we good about that's we just masters at changing the sounds and the industry. But that all came from the Ladies Edition. And even uh, Andrew Stone came and gone back, brother. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, people yeah. start kind of going. Cause we had the Natural Woman and stuff like that. So the album was still doing good. It was doing more good. Like just 'Cause the fans was just buying but we wouldn't get a lot of airplay on radio.
0: Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's a different story with regarding how the industry started to move towards yeah. towards hip hop and, and, and the kind of messaging that that was coming out, especially after BT got sold to Vicon, they 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 started shifting the type of music that they wanted to, to push. Um exactly. yeah. but as hip hop became a lot more um mainstream. G, there was no... G.I. didn't go back to start hit, rapping on some H-Town tracks or what, what was it
2: nah, You guys nah. didn't
0: think about that? No. So. Uh,
2: nah, we just we just stuck in the zone. We just stuck in the zone that's being H-Town and being... Just, just being like the, the, the group that stands out from the others. You know what I'm saying? We never want to be a part of the, uh, the puzzle that the fit inside the puzzle. We always want to stand outside of the puzzle.
0: Yeah. Now, because yeah. after Ladies' Edition, you guys... Um, you guys also... Um, so I was, I remember when the O.J. Simpson um, verdict came in. Um, I was, I was by this time I'd moved to Milwaukee to finish college, and when the verdict came in, um, being in the Midwest, um, it, it, it was um, we, we experienced—I won't say racism, overt racism—but you, you, it 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 wasn't as I didn't feel as comfortable as I was when I was in the South in Alabama. I felt a lot more relaxed and chilled. Been then been in the Midwest. So when the verdict came in that he had uh, been acquitted, we all, you know, the 10 black kids in in Milwaukee, you know, jumped for joy. Um, (laughs) But in Ladies' Edition, you guys did something that was quite unusual because most black folks at the time, you know, things have changed now, were more for OJ and and, and stuff. But you had a dedication for Nicole. did you feel as if that could be a risky thing that you, you uh, at the time, and and what were you thinking about about that?
1: Well, we really didn't just dedicate our album to Nicole. We dedicate our album to all women. That's what we call yeah. it, the Ladies Edition. And then, and uh, we na- did a song called Natural Woman, but we named so many powerful Black women from Pally Bell to Diana Ross to Tina Turner. Um, we 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 named Selena. We named, uh, just because we named Nicole, they took, the, the media took that, they dedicate the album to Nicole, yeah. but we, we really just dedicate the album to all women. If you listen to Natural Woman, you listen to that song, we name everybody. I mean, even Selena, Aliyah, Monica, Brandy, everybody in that song. Okay,
0: okay. Did, yeah. But the fact that the media made it seem as if you were, dedicating it to Nicole, did you, how, did it have an adverse effect? Did it, was it, or did it help?
1: It had, it had some, it had some effect, you know what I'm saying? But when the fans really heard the album, you know, they like, well, no, nah, they, he, they, mentioned, you know, they mentioned, you know, uh, we, we mentioned everybody's name, a lot of the female names that we called the Ladies edition. So, you know, it has some effect, but it just really boiled down, man. They, they would, the label we was with wasn't really pushing and promoting the album. They wanted a, a more of a begging Out the Dark type album from yeah. H-Town. So that they was more yeah. like they wanted us to go back and give them another album. They really wasn't feeling the album like that. But the album ended up catching you no know, underground. And fans, so many the fans they they said, man, that album saved my life. But that yeah. album actually sells more today than it did back then. Wow. It's bigger now.
0: Wow. then. What, um, after the album was released and, and, and stuff, what was the relationship with the label and stuff? Because 97, 98, I mean, you know, R&B was shifting. I think oh, hip-hop was becoming a little bit more prominent and, 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 and producers were becoming a lot more of the, you know, everyone needed Timberland or or um, the Neptunes or stuff to be on the track. What happened to you guys after that album? Did, did you and the labels part company and or... or um,
1: well, yeah, the label, you know, they really wanted us to go back. They wanted us to uh, go back in and give them another album. At the time, we didn't really want to do that. We felt that album was a big album. We felt that album was going to be our album that's going to go down because we just felt it was so different. And we kind of went to a little conflict with the label about we we wasn't they wanted us to go back and do another album. We didn't want to. So we just kind of like got stuck on a standstill with our label. Oh,
0: now that's very unusual. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, with distribution
2: company, not label. We were, we were, we were the label, H time Music, at that time. We had switched from Luke, and once we left Luke, we started our own label, H time Music.
0: Okay, and so you had a distribution deal, and yeah. the distributors didn't want to push it.
1: Exactly. Mm. Wow. They didn't want to push it. And, oh,
0: and, no. and and for you guys, you you you'd rather you didn't want to say okay, let's go record another album, and that's that might be a lot more commercially successful. You decided to stick to to, to, to the...
1: Yeah, we decided to stick to our guns. And we just, and that, I mean, that's what we did at the time. We tried to stick to our guns. we just felt that that album needed to be heard. It was some of our best work. And uh, we just stuck to our guns.
0: I mean, on reflection, you mean, you, you, you guys are older and more, uh, uh, now. Would you have done anything different if you look back at at at, at that situation?
1: Mm, no.
0: Yeah, probably not. No.
1: No. Probably doing the same thing, yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. So then when the, the, the distributor says, Well, I'm not going to be pushing it, do you get what what's the next step then? What do you guys think about how do we get music out?
1: Well, we we had kind of just wanted to like, hey, we're going to just take a break for a while. You know what I'm saying? We're going to take a break for a while. We kind of went into doing other things that we all want to do. G.I. wanted to doing producing groups, and I wanted I did a solo, and then Dino went to doing him a solo. They didn't have a sign in solo, and so we were like, okay, I'm going to do an album, Dino going to do an album, Gi's going to drop some of his groups, and we just go kind of doing other things. And then we still would tour from time to time.
0: Okay. And and so as a, was that, you know, because Edition did the same thing, and, 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 and a lot of other groups... We're trying yeah. to do it, but they didn't they, because they were signed as solo artists. It it didn't, you know, they weren't able to be as flexible. But did you find those moments, you know, from '98 onwards as a good opportunity, good chance to re- catch, get to know yourselves, you know, enjoy the success and, and, and take pressure off things?
1: Most definitely, you know, yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We, uh, um, when we well what's the question again
0: no so the fact that you guys decided to to take a break and said well you know both you and Dino doing solo stuff and and G.I. doing his production did you find that as something that you know we started so early we we came out the gates with a big hit and we've just been touring making music nonstop. we've not had a chance to relax and live at home and 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 get to know ourselves. Did you see that, that it was important that you had that that time out, or did you think we need to keep going while we're still hot?
1: No, most definitely. We we realized that uh, we learned we learned we need that time that break. You know, we learned a lot of things about ourselves. You know, we still was young young men still learning ourselves, and so we did need that time. And then. The, and then it made us also be a, a, a appreciative of the music business too that hey, okay, because you know we're not working, the <laughs> money not coming in like it used to be. So you know, it's like it makes, oh well, maybe we know we gotta get back on, let's get back to work. You know what I'm saying? So it was like a we need the break, but we also learned that oh, we know we gotta, you know, this is what we do, so we gotta keep going to keep the money going. When you stop, the money also stops. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Now I know that, you know, um. You, you, you guys were working. When did you start work on um, Imitations of Life? I know it came out in 2004. Oh, when yeah, you we were
1: working on, on that, that. That's the last album we finished right before my brother passed. Yeah. So, you know, that's the last album we finished. So we decided we was about to sign a big deal with Atlantic. But when my brother passed, they didn't want to do it anymore. So we just decided to put it out on our own independent label
0: no but when did you start the did you start the work on it cuz i know he he passed in, oh, in 2003 but when did you uh,
1: guys start working on it probably like in uh if he died in 2003 we probably started to work on it like 2000 between 2021
0: and 22 okay 2001 yeah. and 2 so so you, you so it, after you, th- you you did your solo and jazz producing and stuff who who's who made the I'd call like like guys? Let's come back to get and do an album. Who whose idea was
1: Dino? It? Dino
0: did. Okay, so yeah. he said, "Let's come back to get and do an album." And were you guys were you guys all in positions where yeah, that's we're fine now. We've rested. We're ready to come out with with something new.
1: Most definitely.
2: Most okay. definitely, stay ready. Stay ready, most definitely.
0: Yeah, you, you know we. Um, anytime I put out any any poll that that has town in it or any video or, or, or on our network everyone you know um they all you know they all talk about Dino you know, because as you rightly said that his vocal range and style was very different very unique um you know you have somebody like casey um little g from from silk very few people had Distinctive tones uh, in, in their vocals, yeah. Um, and so he was one of one of them that, as a lead singer, you could hear a, a H town record, the harmonies and his lead vocal, and you, you'd know. You know, there's so many groups that you you know you can't you you know you'd have to be told who 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 was. So for for R and B fans, it, it it was you know a, 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 such a loss, especially somebody still 28 and stuff. As as you know, your, your brothers and and you've been friends and stuff. Did, how was it for you guys as 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 artists as you know, knowing that our lead singer, you know, and forget the fact that he's your brother and and, and your friend, but the fact that our lead singer um, uh, has has gone. Did did you think about quitting and saying that's it?
1: Yeah, most definitely, you know, at the time, you know, I, I got to the point I just didn't really want to sing anymore. I was like, well, you know, I'm done with that. I mean, that's like, you know, because I couldn't really see doing h Town or putting nobody else in my group. So I just went to a stage where I didn't really want to do it anymore. And then GI kind of went more to the, you know, internet side, computer side, and the fans were starting to reach out to GI like, man, we want y'all to keep us singing and we want to hear music and stuff like that. So that would kind of helped us to say, okay, I just gone. Let's see what happens. So we start doing shows, and the shows start selling out, selling out. So we're like, "Oh, okay, they still loving us." Yeah. So we decided to dedicate the show to Dino. So every show is a dedication, a tribute to Dino.
0: Yeah, but how hard is it, Jay, to, to, because I mentioned how um, powerful a vocalist Dino is. He's very similar to um, Kenny Green from Intro. So when he passed, it's hard. You know, for the fans to, you know, we we we, we he's you know when you have a raw voice that is very distinctive, so it's hard for fans to sing anyone else. Did was the did the thought ever come? Can we get somebody else in that might have a, a powerful vocal that could sort of complement? Or did how did you decide? Let's just the two of us just continue.
1: Well, we decided that to keep it organic. We're just gonna sing our own songs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you know we you know we, we decided to keep it organic. You know we're going to sing our songs, and you know me and GI, we all a lot of us on the hits. You know I had a lot of parts. GI had parts, so I wanna mostly our hit records. We had a lot of the members were singing on them, so we decided just to keep our stuff me and GI and keep it organic and just be sing our own records, and that's what we've been doing. And we've been winning this still touring all over the world to this day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Does, does, does it, um does it, and, and what's been the response? So I've seen, mm-hmm. I've seen stuff on Instagram. I've seen the, the the response, but was it the first time you guys went on stage without Dino? How challenging was that?
2: Uh, I mean, the fans were still there, you know what I'm saying? So I, I didn't see no pause or anybody disliking the fact that we're still continuing along with just two of us. But um, yeah, the fans most definitely were still still supportive and still showing up at every show and still you know getting into the groove on stage with us and you know keeping us hype.
0: Yeah, you know, and as I said, it's um, and and and, and I think that's to your credit. You know, it's you know a lot of other groups would go and find a third person, and and yeah. let them sort of take 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 that. But for you guys to 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 stay to the call like that, that has definitely made a difference. You, you you came out with the um, knocking um, knocking your heels with and um, with, with Jodeci and Pretty Ricky. Now you you know I'm I'm trying to do do my maths quickly, but there, there's probably um, a good nine guys singing on on that track. Um, so a lot of singers coming in with with verses and stuff. I, whose idea was to get both of them because I would understand if you just said well I'll just we we'll just do do well, the I'll...
1: record was, the record was initially we just did it with a uh, jodasy okay then we just yeah so we decided to do a remix so to try uh, to basically join the, the 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 90s and the 2000s together we thought it would be good to join the the new millenniums with the with the 90s you know what I'm saying Okay. but the the original song was with h child and jodasy
0: Okay. The, the remixes
1: were, were pretty wicked because the tap into that had more millennial
0: market. Okay. 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 Yeah. And then you guys had had a, had a, a recent track with um, Cut Close as well.
1: Yeah. Cut okay. Close, shy. That's on our new album. The new album out, Date Night.
0: Date yeah. Night out right now. Okay. Do you know what I haven't? Um... And I and I and I will stop pushing that uh, 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 on on our channel. Um. So yeah, it, it, did you is it available mainly digitally, or, or or people can get the physical copy as well?
1: Well it's, well, it's mainly mainly digitally. You can uh, you know, you can still get you can still order a, a, a physical copy. They go to Amazon, they can get a physical copy, like from Amazon. But you know, we're in a digital world now. But it's in all yeah. the digital uh, stores, Spotify, stuff like that. Yeah. Um. And uh, right now we have a video out. Right now, it's called uh, the, the name of the song is called Super Love. So that's that's doing really well. Over two hundred or some thousand, almost three hundred thousand views. Okay. And uh, uh, the video, and we we perform that song in a lot of our new shows and stuff like that.
0: Now I asked this question to to Dalvin because uh, Mr. Dalvin because he's um, releasing a lot of singles, and and mm-hmm. the question is that because the industry has changed where, you know, people aren't buying the records as they used to, we're watching it on YouTube and Spotify. As artists, when you're releasing music digitally, what is the the, 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 the main benefit? Is it to, as a way of promoting the fact that we're still around, we're still relevant? Is it a way of, um, or are you expecting it to, 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 to make, the money that selling a 100,000 or 200,000 albums back in the day used to do. What's the sort of, what the benefit of thinking about releasing singles and videos at this point in time? Well, when it does,
1: it just keeps you relevant. It keeps your name and, and promoters' mouth. It keeps your name and your fans' mouths You know what I'm saying? So, miles dropping stuff is also letting mm-hmm. people see where H-Town is today. You know, it you know, also shows where we are today without my brother, you know, that we still honed it down in in the memory of him and and uh, promoting Dino's legacy to live on. But it's just also just showing what we are today and that we can show that we can still can make music and make good records.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that It makes sense because a lot of us, um, especially those of our generation who grew up listening to the 90s, um, we're, very, we're somewhat disillusioned with the the music that's pushed on radio and, and on TV, so mm-hmm. we've sort of switched away, and it wasn't until past the and versus, you know, the Teddy Ram and Babyface that we we started to reconnect with our '90s yeah. stuff. In the UK and around the world, we don't get the '90s tours like they have in America, and and after lockdown, right. every week it's either. H Town Silk One Twelve keep sweat, keep sweat, keep sweat. Doing tours in every city. I, I, how 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 have you found the the um, sort of the I won't say business, but the the touring side of things after lockdown? Is it coming so much more than you expected, or?
1: Oh uh, yeah, it's great. It's picking up. You know, we love the and being for our friends. So since the uh, since everything the uh, the uh, lockdown was, uh, of lifting the United States of America, the shows and stuff been uh, uh, the uh, shows been picking up. We've been doing a lot of shows. We've Been picking up.
2: Yeah. Yep, and we are on our way to London. We'll be we'll be in London in December, December the tenth, most definitely.
0: Yes, and and you know it's, um, that's something that as I said we we've, we've not we've 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 not got many tours um, um from um, yeah. our nineties R acts. Because um, every week, I, I, you know, I look and see you guys touring from South Carolina to Atlanta, all over the place. Yeah. So the fact that you guys are going to be coming here will be big. Yeah. Um, I've started to put put out the word, so a lot of people have pretty much said they're they're already <laughs> going to they're already buying buying their tickets and stuff. Um, so we're definitely going to look forward to that. I know you guys. Are you guys? You guys use come with? Do you do your tours now with a band? And, and with uh, with dancers, or what's your tour like in the states that that we might not? Well, see we in? have
1: a we have a production, you know. So we bring a mainly a full flesh a production, you know. Some shows be band dates, and some shows just be track dates. We most definitely come with a production uh, in the states, you know, our dancers and backgrounds teams and stuff like that. I don't know if we're gonna have all that in London because I know, that, you know. At the time, it got kind of expensive for them, but we, but we will have some tricks for them. We'll be singing all the hits for them when we come to London.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, hopefully I'll get to... Um, um, unfortunately, when Blackstreet came to perform um, a couple of months ago, the uh, promoters messed them up, so they, we, I met up with them, but we didn't. they didn't get to perform. But I hopefully, we, you know, you guys do get to, 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 to perform. I know Cut Close is coming. Um, I'm speaking with Little G from Silk next week so it'll be good to just to hit just to see you guys after in person afterwards and 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 just yeah. just to see you guys um in closing i always ask my um my my guests if you guys were if you eat each question if you were stuck in an elevator and you they told you it'll take about two hours before the, the we can get you out but we'll put a movie on for you I can start with GI. What what movie would you request to watch while they're trying to get you out?
2: Um <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I, I I would say uh, you know, 10 lines two eleven here is one of is one of my favorite movies. I still watch that to this day on Netflix and you know. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. It's, like it's like like it's a really a regular T V series to me. I, I go back and watch the same movie over and over
0: again. <laughs> okay. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> okay. What about you, Shazam?
1: Um uh, I probably would tell them to put michael Jackson this is it on
0: okay, okay
1: is that a, considered a movie
0: well <laughs> it it it's it it's well yeah you you yeah i mean ideally most people talk about their favorite movie that they you know like uh, shit this my, list.
1: yeah I would say my favorite movie would be uh coming to America part one.
0: Oh, the first one. Okay. The first one. Yeah, <laughs> the first one. Okay. Now, the, the second question is that if they're about to put the movie, but they say well, let's play a song before the movie starts. So, what's almost like what's your favorite song, G.I., What would you? What's your sort of go-to song? By any uh, artist.
2: My, my go-to right now is um uh, boot up by um. She's from London too, LMA.
0: Okay, LMA, okay.
2: Buddha, Buddha from LMA. That's, that's my go-to song right now. <laughs>
0: okay, but, but your all-time favorite track, though. What's your all-time
2: favorite yeah. track? All-time? Yeah. Um, 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 uh, uh, growing from, I mean, um, uh, Men to Men, uh, from, boys, from Boys to Men, End of the Road.
0: End of the Road, okay. Yeah. Okay. What about that. you, Shazam? What's your all-time favorite track?
1: Um smooth criminal by Michael Jackson.
0: Okay. Wow. Ooh. Smooth <laughs> criminal. Okay. That's that's I mean as it, it, my all time favorite is um The Lady in My Life by Michael Jackson. It, you know, I I, I wish it came one. out. With, <laughs> I wish he'd came out with a video for that. Um but yeah, no, it's no it's definitely it's been definitely great, you know, hearing from you guys. It's been definitely great sort of Most definitely check um, you know giving the fans a, a sense of of your sort of your journey and, and, and the backstory I think mm. one of the things we never knew is why you sort of put out and and the you, you know your, your ladies edition we didn't see mm. much from you and then you know and why the gap between the last album and stuff so that's that's yeah. really, you know really good but as I said it's you know and I always wondered, why you guys didn't get a, a you know, another singer, but it's it's great the fact that you you've seen the fact that you, because you guys the two original members of the group and you know it wasn't as if you you guys were just the the background singers. You guys had parts in the song, so there's yes. confidence to sing uh, as well um, and and stuff. And I think finally, it's good to hear when artists like yourselves. Are still putting our records but you're using it as a way of keeping your name uh, out there and making and, and making people not forget that you guys are, are, mm-hmm. are around and stuff so um i appreciate the the time i think um you know it will' we'll, 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 they will come it'll we'll put this to edit it and and they'll put it out on, on the channel um in in in, in oh, a week good. or so um but i you know hopefully as i said i will um I'll, I'll I'll reach out before you guys come to the UK. I live an hour outside okay. of London, but I'll, I'll make sure that um, yeah I I can get to meet up with you guys when you when you do make it down to the London and stuff. Yeah, so okay, appreciate man. so. Thanks date night us. is out now. Um, are we expecting any more singles from it? Um, and
1: oh, we actually we're we're probably about to go into production to work on a deluxe date night we did an EP we think about doing deluxe album and like four more new songs to the date night so we probably be starting on that real soon
0: okay.
1: okay the date night
0: deluxe okay okay and then for the American audience who are going to be watching it um, after in the new year what can they expect from, from you guys come 20 in
2: 2022 mm, more touring
1: more touring. yeah yeah a lot of, I was gonna say a lot of touring a lot, a lot of touring, man. We still got a lot of places to hit because we didn't really tour none le- uh, uh, last year. So m- this year is just starting to get back. Wide, but I say I'm gonna say a lot of touring, a lot of touring, man.
0: Wow. Are you both still living in Houston? Okay. Yes. Okay. 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 And if there are any artists that we should be listening to that are that are that's you know still new or or stuff, um, what would you suggest? You know, somebody that's just you know come out within the last five years.
2: I would say like um Summer Walker. I like Summer Walker. She's she's pretty dope.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And Sam, any any new on upcoming artists that you'd recommend?
1: Um, I would say her,
0: Ella yeah. May.
1: You know, I'm oh, loving Ella May. I'm loving her. Um, and it's this guy named uh Given, give on, give me on, give me on, I think. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Yeah. He has a yeah. really
1: nice voice.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I definitely appreciate everything, and and as I said, um, I, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, um, you know, it's it's been great, and uh, yeah. It's, it's about eleven thirty here at night, but it's been great right. to be able to have this other conversation. But as I said, okay. hopefully we'll see you guys in, in four weeks when you you move, come down to the UK. Okay,
1: most definitely. most definitely. Okay. All right. Amen. Peace.
0: Thanks very most much. Love. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. guys. All right. Thank you.
1: Thank Thank you. All,
0: right. all right. Thanks for watching. Please remember to subscribe to the channel, but most importantly, to press the notification bell so that you can be notified when we do have a new interview loads to come but thanks a lot for watching